Welcome, 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 all of you, to Staying Power, a show and podcast about resilience, what it is, how we can develop more of it, and how it can improve our lives with more ease, purpose, flow, and meaning. I am JDK Winnikin, and here with me to share our ideas and our experiences in helping others around the world choose resiliency is my friend, colleague, and co-host, Tawny Santabria. Hi, Tawny. I'm excited to be here with you. Hi, JD. It's our very first show. I know. So exciting. I know. It's really exciting. Um, <laughs> so happy to have you here and to talk about something that I know we both really care about and have lots to say about and really think a lot of people would really enjoy having more of, and that is resiliency. So let's just jump right in. Resiliency. Mm -hmm. What is it? Holy smokes. So <laughs> many things. So many things. But I think the, 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 the snapshot that will work for us in, in how we'll talk about it is really the capacity to recover. Mm. The capacity to recover from relational issues, from health concerns, from trauma-related incidents, from emotional difficulties, uh, mindset issues, all of those pieces, the capacity to recover. And what does recover even mean? Right. Right. We oftentimes think recover means go back to how things were. Not in this case. Mm -hmm. We going back to how things were before whatever <laughs> we've experienced is actually not growing. So we don't want to think about, okay, resiliency is going back to in any capacity, right? We've had this event or we have a physical concern or we have an emotional sort of concern and we're always wanting to, well, if I could just get back to the way things were or how I felt when, mm -hmm. that's not resiliency. Resiliency is the capacity to recover, which means moving forward, which means I am different. I am different now. And, and then how do I manage through, adapt through life? I mean, it's a big deal right now in life mm -hmm. to be able to have some resiliency. We're hit all over the place with things. And how do I have the capacity to recover and continue or move into more of an optimal state Yeah. of some kind of wellness? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a growing forward, isn't it? Rather than a going back, right? A growing forward. It's impossible to go back. Yeah. Again, that would be like a plant. You know, I've talked about plants before. That would be like a plant wanting to go back to, like we would just even be, how's that even work? <laughs> like our garden, like our garden. No, I just, the corn, like, no, I just want to go back to the seed. Like I was comfortable there. <laughs> what? How does that even, right? That's not even possible. Yeah. Right. It, unless we dig it up and throw it in the garbage, right? But if we let it sit there, it's going to continue to grow. That's what we do as humans also. When mm. we fight against it, that's mm. when we struggle. That's right. That's right. More so than we need to. Yeah, I like that a lot because I think it's the, the capacity to recover, right? And what that looks like and how do we optimize our ability to do that. And it comes from every single direction. One of the things that is so, both on one hand, so... So it can be so tricky about it, but also presents so many different opportunities is that every part of our life offers opportunities <laughs> to, 
to build resilience and different avenues through which not only can we build it, but it can actually show us that growth, that growing forward gives us that ability to do that. There's so many things we can do to develop that. And that's why I'm really excited about this. Cause this is kind of like, this is a topic that never really ends. <laughs> you know, It's like, it could just keep going just like our, are moving towards more and more resiliency or developing more and more of it never ends. This is a, this is a lifelong journey and development. Isn't everything? It is. Isn't everything a lifelong journey? I mean, if you really think about it, like we don't ever stop in any, any area. Mm -hmm. I, I think in our lives, I mean, in general, unless we just numb out and escape and avoid and not engage at all in our lives, which that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is what that is. That would be the body and the nervous system in a numbed out, disengaged or stressed out state chronically that wouldn't allow for resiliency to occur. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the good news is, is that we all have the capacity to experience resiliency, but we've got to understand a little bit about and design our life in ways that are going to allow for experiences to be had um, internally, yeah, embodied experiences to be had so that we can um, navigate and manage and get to know our own nervous system and we can work with it. So when I think about the capacity to recover, the nervous system in our body is key to our capacity to recover. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a lot about the nervous system also in terms of resiliency. Yeah. Because when it's dysregulated, when we're all stressed or escaping life, resiliency is blocked. Oh yeah. 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 Blocked, walled off, buried in the ground, <laughs> sent into orbit, <laughs> pick your mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and my own my own previous life experience shows that. I was once a professional <laughs> doing that. You know, and 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 with all the with all the devastating and destructive consequences that come with that, you know. And um so yeah, it's 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 so important in that regard that the nervous system piece that embodied space, right? The embodiment of those things is a huge part of what we're talking about and and how we take care of ourselves. And that connects then and dovetails into how we view ourselves, how we talk about ourselves. What do we surround ourselves with? <laughs> you know, what are the, what are the habits that we develop? What are the practices that we have? Where are things like curiosity in our lives or taking healthy chances or doing things that are fun? To what degree do we do those things? And while there are a lot of common things that we can talk about, we all are different. Right. And so some of these things are going to look different and are going to be come out different and are going to be expressed different because we're all different. And yet the benefit of all that is, and the reason why we get so excited about this is all the things that we say and truly do want more ease, less stress, more connection, more meaning, you know, and, and we choose that. You know, we choose whether to move towards that or we choose to move away from that. We choose to numb, we choose to engage, you know, and sometimes I know it can, for people, it cannot feel like that. 
It can like conditioning can feel inevitable, right? Conditioning can feel like I have no other choice, no other option. This is how I'm wired. But as another thing that we're stressing here too, isn't it? That, that resiliency is a choice. In fact, I think it's the, it's the tagline for this show, isn't it? Resiliency is a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is a choice, even though it doesn't feel like a choice at yeah. times. Mm-hmm. When, when we increase our awareness, when we start working with the nervous system, when we start understanding sort of those subconscious or taken for granted kind of ideas and beliefs and ways in which we've been conditioned to see, be in the world, once we start to really kind of look at those, then we start to uncover this, the reality that, that, that resiliency is our choice and our nervous system can help get us there. But if we don't know anything about any of this, and we just think we're either born with resiliency or not, then we tend to believe that, yeah, um, I, you know, it, it, I, I've tried, I've done all of those things, but we're really looking, we're looking in the wrong areas mm-hmm. for this to, to experience it. Yeah. Um, we hear a lot about post-traumatic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this whole other uh, belief, there's this whole other sort of like idea around post-traumatic growth that we don't hear much about. Yeah. But what if we did? Uh-huh. But what if we knew more about that? I've I've talked to different people along the way, and I say post-traumatic growth, and they say, I've never heard of that. I know. Same but thing. we've all heard post-traumatic disorder. Right. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Same right. thing here. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And <clears throat> and you know, and and to me, I mean, I have my own I have a lot of questions on those things that that like that, particularly PTSD, because I wonder what is the natural response to <laughs> something traumatic, right? Um, there's nothing unnatural about those responses that, that get labeled this disorder. And so a disorder in, in my mind is something out of the stream of what is natural or expected or quote unquote normal, but what that can end up doing. And again, in my case that has happened, it can feel like a label or something that's stuck on me or something about me is broken and can't ever be fixed. And there can't be any growth. I mean, just the very name of post-traumatic growth is way more engaging, <laughs> way more exciting, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And if we go back, if we go back to resiliency being about the, the capacity to recover quickly, right? Like so many, once we get labeled with post-traumatic stress disorder, like where in that is the recover quickly? Yeah. Where is the, is recover? Yeah. In that, right? It just is, becomes a weight that it sort of, like maybe someday it goes away, maybe maybe it doesn't, and all I know is that when this thing happens, I'm gonna like have difficulty with it mm-hmm. from here on out. When when I get triggered, yeah. When to your point, like if we've had an, a traumatic experience, our whole life has well how we knew it before and how we know it now is has it's completely changed. Yes. It is going to, it's going to discombobulate us. It's going mm-hmm. to create fear. It's going to that create uncertainty, all of those things. Um, and if we don't know that we can grow from that, actually, then, then we do end up feeling stuck and stressed for a long time. Yeah. And that happens enough times, you know, and we, we remind ourselves with that language from that assumption 
remind ourselves, is it any surprise that more and more people begin to spiral? They feel like they can't move forward or they feel they're moving one step forward, one step back in perpetuity. And what gets lost? The resiliency, right? Or even the notion that that can be done. And it's no wonder people then descend into states of real difficult things. Um, you know, whether it's depression, whether it's, you know, leads towards suicidal ideation or moving into groups of people that are focused on division and hatred and, and, you know, those kind of false communities that we can build, particularly on social media and things like that. No wonder that happens. And, and we see it time and time and time again in so many different directions, you know, and, and yet it's this, it's this piece for us that if we can explore it and develop it, that growing forward, it's a whole different way than what we are taught and conditioned than what we see every single day as a possibility for ourselves. And that's, that's one of the things I'm so excited about that we're doing here on Staying Power is exploring that very thing because it does not have to be all those other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there doesn't need to be... Um, <clears throat> Uh, sometimes there may not be a need for medication, for example. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there may not be a need for um, isolation, for example, mm -hmm. or believing that, you know, relationships are going to be unsafe, for example. You know, the, all of the kinds of things yeah. that we end up learning or starting to believe because we've experienced a traumatic event. Now, certainly there's a, uh, we're not saying that traumatic events don't occur because they absolutely do. Mm -hmm. And we're not making light of any of those either. Just that there might be an alternative um, or an additional yeah. kind of way to sort of view this that might uh, give us some of our, uh, some more empowerment or, or some more um, just uh, agency. Yeah. In our lives, we don't have to be that word broken. That word broken gets me every time. Yeah, me we don't have to be broken. Mm -hmm. We can grow after something like that. Meaning can increase. Appreciation can increase. Mm -hmm. Connection can in increase. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to know about this. And and uh, if and then, then that, and so this is why we're doing this. Yeah. So we can help. Yeah. People know about this. Yeah, that we have capacity to grow like that. Right? They, that no matter what is happening with us or has happened to us, where we are in life, we have this capacity to develop more resiliency and move beyond what oftentimes we're told we can move beyond, right? Because of whatever reason, a diagnosis or something like that. Again, not to say those things don't matter because they do. Right? But to simply think that's all there is. And we're caught in this because we've, we have this issue or we've got this diagnosis or we've got that is to deny the possibility of engaging and finding out more about what is within us and what we're capable of than we would find out otherwise. And mm -hmm. both you and I have a lot of experience in our lives with the former <laughs> and with the latter, with experiencing that and living that in our own lives and seeing it lived out in people that we know and the clients that we have. Um, to me, that's what's so interesting about it. I've got so many thoughts on, we just talked about PTSD, that's one of them, but man, let's get into things like addiction and recovery in later episodes. There's so many things there that I think that this can really help with. 
for example. You know, the other thing too, Tani, that comes up for me with this is I know that resiliency has been, I mean, sometimes it can come across as a buzzword, right? And chances are people listening to this, oh, I've heard about resiliency before, um, as if it's like this new thing, right? <laughs> but it's not. I mean, that's the thing for me. The, the historian in me loves the fact that as long as there's been people writing things down <laughs> on stone, on paper, <laughs> wherever it might be, there have been people recognizing not just that resiliency exists, but that it's actually a key threadway, pathway for humans to live and to grow and to thrive in all the ways that we're talking about. This isn't something new. They've been talking about this for as long as people have been around. And to me, that part is pretty exciting. I feel like we're in some ways part of a process of rediscovery or reexamining, bringing in, in things that are important for this decidedly different age that we live in from just 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Like we wouldn't be here if there wasn't a long line of resiliency <laughs> that, <laughs> right. that our history has. Yeah, we are of proof. The yeah, of we all are the proof. humans. Yeah. We are proof. <laughs> yeah, we are proof. You know, I, the, I oftentimes, again, the historian's mind in me oftentimes goes back and I, I can find comfort and connection with people and eras hundreds of years in the past when I can see something that sounds common or sounds familiar, you know, and, and the ancient Greeks talked about resiliency, right? Um, Aristotle talked about it, you know, Epictetus, the great mathematician talked about, you know, as we think, so we go, right? We're making things up in our head. If we don't do that, we can actually be resilient. And of course, for me, the big one is always Lao Tzu, right? Sixth century BC, talking about the importance of resilience in a sense of flow, right? I mean, the, the quote of his that always comes to mind is, those who flow as life flows know they need no other force, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so much of resilience is, you know, to flow in a river. And he used, it, he used the analogy of water all the time. Right. He's the root of Taoism. So, you know, he used water all the time as a metaphor and to flow with water, you must accept that you need to flow, <laughs> that swimming against mm -hmm. it may not work because it can be easy to think that resiliency is turning around and swimming against that tide necessarily. Right. <laughs> and what he's suggesting is, no, it's not. Mm -mm, not at all. That's a lot of effort. So what we're, what, what we're not saying is that resiliency is all about quote unquote effort in that regard, even though effort is involved and intention is involved, that type of thing we're not. He's talking about flowing with something and moving with it and navigating with it, accepting the reality that some of it is going to be smooth. Other areas are going to be fast. Some areas are going to be full of rapids. But if you flow with it, that, that very fundamental basic of accepting that you need to flow is the basis for everything that comes next in how you navigate that river. I, I just love that example because that to me really resonates with what we're talking about, or at least a thread of it. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the nervous system as you talk about the river, because here we are. Here we are. Again. Here we are. Because... We don't want to stay in the rapids our whole life, right? Of course. But we do things that keep us there. <laughs> yes, we do. That's the thing. 
<laughs> we do. We don't know that we're do we're actually doing the things that that keep us in the rapids and we wonder why in the heck am I so stressed out? Well, you're when we start to take a look at what's actually going on, you're fighting. Mm. Right? Or creating circumstances, designing your life that's going to be bumble a bumble a bumble a bump along where you're not even ever able to get to the nice calm water part. Right. The nervous system is designed to be able to, okay, stress comes, fight, flight, fawn, freeze, it comes. And then if we let it, it goes into a more calm state. It's designed to have some stress, come back down, regroup, renew, restore, recharge, up, back down, renew. Right. But we oftentimes don't let it. We expose ourselves to more concerning information or scary information or fearful information. We overload ourselves by all the different distractions. We have the chatter in our head about all the things that are going to rev us up. And we try to control things that are completely not in our control. So here we are in, in the rapids our whole life, our bodies, our nervous system needs to be able to flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you see. Yeah, that's resiliency, and that's and that's that's what I love about this too. Is that the 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 bio, the physiological, biological, scientific side of this? I mean, that is part of our hard wiring, right? That we can really connect to, and that part of, that for me was sort of the revelation. And and before this this work was something I was doing. I personally believe my draw to Lao Tzu, since we're talking about him, which was which predates this, right? For me, I think that's what I was connecting to was I think there was a fundamental awareness that he had about the reality of that flow state, that that's where it was. He might not have called it the nervous system. I don't know, right? I don't know where science was in the 6th century BC in China. But nevertheless, there was an understanding and a connection that he had with that. And there was such ease and openness and acceptance and the, the, the awareness that began to develop for me of not just that there might be different ways of viewing things and doing things, but what I was doing to myself <laughs> that was not helpful was really profound. Um, and it's not just Lao Tzu. I mean, I mean, the Stoics talked about this, right? Marcus Aurelius, mm-hmm. the Roman emperor and the great Stoic talked about this all the time. I know that's something that, that you've thought about and talked about, read a lot about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think what's so cool about that is like you said, okay, I don't know if he called it the nervous system way back then, what well, you know the the science what what was going on? Um, there was a connection to nature. Yes, and an, an inherent knowing that we are connected and similar. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what if what if like the rivers or in the water is the nervous system of the planet? Right. I don't know. Well, I mean, right? but you know, but it's common throughout <laughs> almost every era of every area of the world at any time in those eras that connection back to water, to nature, mm-hmm. to that connection. Pick a, pick a religious tradition, a philosophical tradition. Um, you will find it. It is there. And that to me is what makes it so profoundly clear that you and I, we might be talking about some things that feel new to some people. We're, we're, we're part of that larger continuum, right? Mm-hmm. Of that awareness and connection. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ways that we can connect with it that the modern world that we are in is making it increasingly difficult to do that. Yes. It's keeping us in the rapids constantly. Mm -hmm. And, and, and 
if we're not aware of that, then we're being run over by it. Yeah. So there's absolutely choices that can be made to get to calmer waters mm-hmm. um, internally and, and externally, depending on how, you know, depending on your movement patterns. Right. Right. I mean, that, that can be, be helpful depending on if you get outside very mm-hmm. much that, that can be helpful. So there's all these different sort of points of connection and points of um, physiological benefit that will create the conditions mm-hmm. internally for higher resiliency um, that we're going to be talking about along the way. Absolutely. There's so much. I mean, we just started and I can already feel all the different all the different things just pouring out, right? That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, really excited mm-hmm. about it. And well, well, and so that's that's staying power everybody. That's what we're talking about is developing that staying power. And so we're excited to be bringing to you this to you every single week. Uh, you can hear it uh, if you want to listen to the show live, you can listen to it at 1:30 p.m. Pacific time on KKNW every Monday. It also then uploads as a podcast later that day for you to listen to at any time. And we thank you in advance for subscribing, for leaving us a review, and for sharing it with the people that you think would benefit most from it. Also, be sure if you subscribe, you will get notifications every time that a new episode appears. You will also get our midweek short podcast series called The Four. The Four of Something. Four things every week that will build in some way, shape, or form on what we've talked about at some point in this process, but all things that you can do to further build your own resiliency. And so we will see you on the next episode of Staying Power. Until then, I am JDK Winnikin, and you are... I am Tani Santabria. And we will remain so. We will see you all next week. (laughs) 